Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast about helping you pursue your dreams without sacrificing your faith, your family, or your health. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and I'm going to have a conversation with Jeff Brown. He is the host of the podcast called Read to Lead, where he showcases authors and books that you should read or that you could benefit from if you read it yourself. Now, the reason why I'm going to have him on the show is because in August 2021, he is releasing a book by the same name, Read to Lead. And it's all about how reading can unlock your potential, increase the opportunities that you could bring to the table at your workplace, and grow your professional career like you just cannot imagine. We're going to talk about how you can rekindle your desire to read and the benefits you can gain as you pick the titles that support and suit you. So sit back and relax. And before you get on Amazon and start buying books left and right, listen to Jeff and I as we have this conversation about why reading will help you become a leader and so much more. Here we go. All right. Hey, Jeff, thanks for joining me here at Podcast Movement 2021 in Nashville. How are you doing? I am doing great. I'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, as they say, and it's great to be here with you, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, you missed the ABC News coffee and free muffins, but sounds like you you got something somewhere and you're you're energized, (laughs) you're fired up and ready to go. I did get coffee in me one way or the other. So, yeah, as long as I've got that, I'm good. (laughs) Nice. Uh, (laughs) Now, you've got a book coming out, Read Mm. to Lead, and I just got a chance to read it. And uh, one of the things that really surprised me right off the bat is that you said you went through your 20s and 30s where you didn't really touch a book. Yeah. And uh, even before that, though, we talked, I mean, you talk about in your book that not all readers are leaders, Mm. but all leaders are readers. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, what was the impact of not being a reader in your 20s and 30s on yeah. your life and career? Well, yeah, I, I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I didn't, not much happened. I, I it was, you know, just sort of stagnant in my job and not, you know, I, I had not gotten to a place, Jerry, where I really appreciated what it meant to be a lifelong learner. I left school, uh, college, and my attitude was, well, thank goodness learning is done now. I don't have yeah. to do that anymore. I don't have to read stuff I've been forced <laughs> to read anymore. And that's why I went through my, my 20s and on into my early 30s not reading. And it took sort of being introduced serendipitously to business books in my early 30s where I went, oh, wait a minute. You mean people smarter than me have taken their knowledge and put it? I mean, I just was, it's embarrassing to admit, I just wasn't aware that that was out there. I, I, I just, the, it was genres of books that I did not appreciate or did not know existed. And so, um, that was a time in my life, even though someone attempted to introduce those types of books to me in my early twenties, in my early thirties, I was ready and say when you know, the student is ready, the master will appear or something yeah. like that. And <laughs> saw that in a Kung Fu movie. Yeah, <laughs> that was the case for me. And I just ate it up. And uh, Seth Godin's purple cow was one of those first books for me. Uh, and so I just became quickly a voracious reader. It was a, a love for reading has, was something I had as a child. And my, my mom instilled that in me and, and read to me and my siblings and would you know, take us to the library and, and those sorts of things. But school, honestly, educated out of me the desire to want to read. is, And that's not a knock on teachers. My sister is a teacher. Some of the most uh, impactful people in my life have been teachers. Uh, but school just had a way of drilling that out of me. And it took that, again, that serendipitous sort of planets and stars aligning for, for me to fall back into it. Yeah. 
Yeah, what was it about school that really educated reading out of you, would you say? And it was it was mainly, uh, whether it was textbooks or uh, reading assignments in, in literature or whatever, uh, things that I just had no interest in. The only book I can remember from school being able to choose from a list of books and actually enjoying was Tolkien's The Hobbit. Yes. I remember in eighth grade uh, having that from a, li- a, a list of choices, and I chose that and, and fell in love with it, and then later would read Lord of the Rings. And, and that, those were the only books I can remember in my entire school career actually enjoying reading. Uh, everything else was just something that I just wasn't for me. It, it didn't interest me. And it kind of, it just taught me that, well, books aren't for me, you know, and at, at, the, at the age I'm at now, there's nothing out there for me. And that may have been true, uh, you know, as silly as it sounds for that brief period of time. But as I got older, I just continued to make that assumption and I was completely wrong. Yeah. I like that you brought up relevance because, um, that is such a key part mm. in learning anything. It, um, I'm an instructional designer in my day mm. job. Yeah. So uh, there's an ARCS model. So how do you get a training that's effective? And reading is training in a sense. And so the A is for attention grabbing, R for relevance, C for confidence building, and then S is the I had satisfaction out of learning. I feel confident I could do this over and over again. But yeah, the number one thing, though, is that relevance. Is it applicable to what I need to do or learn? And you mentioned that in the book, Read to Lead. And then I'm thinking back to school, like, you know, going through college, especially, you know, you got to read a hundred pages by the next time we meet. I'm like doing the math. I'm like, I'm a slow reader. Right. I got two days for three classes to read a hundred pages for each of these classes. That's 300 pages. I'm not going to make it. And I don't. And then, yeah, mm. by the time I got out of college, I didn't like to read. I'm so yeah. kind of a similar boat in that sense. Yeah. And I do appreciate, you know, the, uh, so much more now than I did, uh, years previous, uh, just understanding the value of regardless of where you're at in life. Uh, there are topics that interest you. There are people that interest you. There's maybe times in history that interest you, whatever it might be. There are books on all of those things. Think, you know, think of a topic, a person, whatever, a place. There are books written about that thing. Start there if, if you're not a reader currently. And as long as you're letting your interests guide you, um, reading is never going to be boring for yeah. you. So. Yeah. I know folks who love books on like musicians and yeah, you know yeah. politicians and things like that. And um, you know they weren't voracious readers before then, but then they realized <laughs> these artists have put books out too. I'm reading this. Or uh, comedians like Paul Reiser. Yes. One of the first nonfiction books I read was his own autobiography. I have read that book. Yeah. I've read a Jerry uh, Seinfeld book. I've read a uh, Amy Poehler book. I've read a Steve... Uh, uh, Oh. Steve Harvey or no, uh, wild and crazy guy. Uh, oh, oh, Martin. Uh, Steve Martin. Yes, his yes. book "Born Standing Up." I just love it. Yeah, <laughs> I love so it. I, I love those kinds of books. Just nice. to, you know, hear how they how, how their art works. You know how yeah. they craft their, what they do. Now, you mentioned like when you're in your early 30s, you did get back into reading. Now, did somebody like just reach out to you and say, "Hey, you need to read this to prepare for something," or uh, did you just kind of look up and say, like, "Well, what was it that?" Got you to pick a book up. Yeah. In my early 20s, someone attempted that and mm-hmm. said, you know, you want to do radio sales because that's where the money's at. It's not on the programming side, Jeff. So here's Zig Ziglar. Here's Og Mandino. And I just, my maturity level, I was 21, 22, and it just wasn't where it needed to be to appreciate. I mean, I think of Zig now. I wish I'd had a chance to meet. I met his son. But I just those opportunities I passed up, I kind of you know, kicked myself. But in my early 30s, I had a, a boss, another mentor, who um, was an avid reader in the way I like to say it, he's, he allowed himself to get caught reading. He understood that the wrong way to get his staff reading and becoming lifelong learners was to tell us to read or make us read or assign reading. 
he allowed himself to get caught. I remember the first couple of times I saw him reading and I, and my inst- instantly my brain went, oh, he's goofing off. My boss is not <laughs> doing any work. Uh, reading's not productive. That was my take. I didn't have any idea what he was reading. But um, as I would see him reading, I would begin to ask questions about what he was reading. And then I would hear him talk about things he was learning and, and, and how he was growing and how he was applying what he was learning to situations we found ourselves in as a staff or as a company or as an organization. And I thought, well, maybe there's something to that. And then eventually that led to him starting a book club in the office. Oh, wow. Okay. And I thought, well, I, I think I want to check that out. I, I didn't early on, but then when I, when I joined, uh, quote unquote, um, Seth's uh, Purple Cow, uh, Seth Godin's Purple Cow was the first book I remember reading. And I just fell in love. And I was like, here we go. <laughs> nice. I, I'm a department director. Uh, in my day job and I've had a couple of my team members talk about wanting to be in a book club or it'd be great if we started a book club in the organization I'm like oh yeah that sounds great Uh, and then I'm thinking that's a brilliant idea (laughs) and they've been telling me they want one like what's stopping me from starting one and so you know another cool thing about that uh, is if you if you're a leader and there's someone on your team who wants to do that and, and lead the charge empower them it doesn't necessarily have oh, to be yes. you as the leader yes. doing that maybe the two of you think that that's the what the how it has to be but don't be afraid to empower them to take charge and oftentimes that can work to your advantage when it comes to other people being interested it's like it's not the boss coming down from on high telling us and me, me coming along for the ride because i think i have to it's Susie over here is doing it. You know, it's my co, it's my colleague. So that can sometimes make a big difference. And you can certainly step in and help and, and guide and lead in that. But yeah, let them have at it. And if they want to start it, let them do it. Yeah, nice, no, brilliant. <laughs> That's it. It sounds lazy, but it's not. No, it, not at you're, all. You're building up the other person. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because now they've got to organize the group. They yeah. got to follow up with people, hold people accountable. Those are leadership skills. Yeah, and, so, and you can yeah. participate just like everybody else. That doesn't mean you have to lead everything. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And how does a leader want to take a vacation? Delegate, <laughs> yes, develop yes. your team to take over. Absolutely. Heck yes, I'm in. <laughs> uh, now, you did get back into reading. Uh, how did that propel your career and change your life? Wow, it was, I, I won't say it was instantaneous, but it was oh, pretty quick. <laughs> you know, pretty, 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 pretty rapid. Oh, wow. Over the next uh, probably 10, yeah, right at 10 years, I continued to work at the same company. And I saw probably five or six promotions within that time. Uh, in the company, um, every possible promotion except the last possible promotion, and that would have been general manager of the radio station, I, every promotion but that one. And then I, was, I left before that opportunity came, and maybe that one would have come too. But, um, yeah, it, it, uh, here's what I found. So as I began uh, my reading journey, uh, I, I came off the air, and I was working behind the scenes, and I needed to understand marketing. I didn't really have a lot of marketing experience. And so I began reading books on marketing. Social media was beginning to make its presence known. This is now late 2000s, right, 2007, 2008. And we're like, well, how does this impact what we're doing as a radio station? And how can we use these tools to connect with our listeners and, and forward our, our, our vision and plan? And so I was reading books on social media. And as I began to read these books, Jerry, I started implementing the things I was learning. And frankly, some of them failed miserably <laughs> and some of them succeeded. The cool part, though, is the things that failed, people quickly forgot. The things that succeeded got me noticed. And so as we as a station began to have success in social media, uh, you know, the president of the company and other people, other higher ups were like, uh, we need Jeff to speak to the entire sales team of the whole organization across the country and help them with social media. Or we need Jeff to come over here and lead this talk um, to the entire programming team and talk about these things. 
Uh, and that then led to our, our president was making the rounds around 2009, 2010, looking to get his uh, sort of head wrapped around his 10-year vision for the company. And like a good leader does, he was going station to station looking for input from each individual station as to what that should include. And my boss, in part because of the reading I was doing, the things I was implementing, he said, Jeff, when the president comes to our station, I want you to be the one that does the presentation to him. Oh, nice. So I, you know, I'm like, okay, I better start reading books about presenting and, all, you know, and figure all that out. And so I did that. And I had some experience with that, but I wanted to get better at it president saw my presentation and then later said, hey, Jeff, I'm about to the point where I'm going to put all this together and present my vision to the world to raise money for what we're doing. I want you to create my presentation. And so all these things happened one thing after another because I read and virtually, um, not, I shouldn't say virtually, but so many of the people at the other stations not the case for the station I was at, but so many people at the other stations that were part of our company weren't doing this simple thing. And it was, it was furthering. I mean, it was almost like a a hockey stick type trajectory to my career. Once I started doing that on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, There's something my pastor shares a lot with our congregation and that's, you know, the average millionaire fails about 17 times before he or she has made it. (laughs) And so his advice from there is fail faster. And it sounds like when you're reading more and more on a topic, you're getting more opportunities to try and test or more options to try out. So you are essentially failing faster because your mind is now somewhere where people who are not reading are not there. And so that sounds like another benefit to reading and reading voraciously. Um, Now, for somebody who just doesn't like to read, uh, what are some things they could do to, to start reading? Oh, yeah. Great, great question. Um, there was something we talked about earlier, and that's, you know, think about those things that interest you and start there. And, and oddly, as you do that, your interests will expand. Yeah. Your interests will grow. Um, and so that's where I'd begin. Think about topics, people, history, whatever it might be that interests you and begin there. And it doesn't necessarily have to be all about learning something and reading a book and now I'm going to go implement these five things. Oftentimes, I read a book, and, and we mentioned Seth Godin. This is the case oftentimes with his books. Oftentimes, I read a book just for how it impacts my thinking. You know, Seth doesn't write a book and then give you, you know, 10 things to go do now and implement. It's not the, He doesn't write those kinds of books. It's very much idea generating type books. And so I think it's okay to read a book if it's, if it's that kind of book, just for how it impacts your thinking. And there isn't this set of things you have to go do now. So give yourself, you know, that freedom, even if it is a book that might otherwise have things for you to do. If, if that's not where you're at, give yourself permission to, you know, just read it for that. Also give yourself permission to stop. If the book's not doing it for you in the first couple of three chapters, or whatever, you're not obligated to finish it. And there may be, especially in the nonfiction space, um, we don't always have to read every chapter. If you pick up my book and you already are convinced uh, that this is a hap- you could cultivate, you can skip part one and go right to part two. <laughs> part one makes the argument. If you don't yeah. need to convincing, you don't need to read that. So you don't have to start with chapter one. You can look at the table of contents on most bo- uh, nonfiction books and think about, okay, what interests me the most? Let me start there. And then if you read those, let's say, three or four chapters and you got what you wanted out of the book, you can call that, in my mind, a book you've read, a book you've finished. I think it's important to understand that when you start reading a book, identify or, or at least you know, maybe write down or at least think about um, what do I want to get out of this book and, and know what that is. And you may get that after reading two or three chapters. Once you've got that, if you want to keep reading, fine. If you don't, set that down and go to the, go to the next thing. And I think you've even mentioned in the book 
it's okay to put that book on pause and pick up another book and yeah. read that one. Oh, sure, sure. And I think I, I'm juggling like four or five right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, one just kind of bored me to tears. Another <laughs> one is um, about Operation Iraqi Freedom. And it, uh, so I'm like filling in the blanks. Like I, I saw that invasion from the back of a truck. Uh, so now I'm reading this book to kind of fill in the blanks. I'm like, after about eight chapters out of 40 chapters, I'm like, I'm going to set that down for now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I need to, you know, yeah. kind of let that marinate a little bit, right. kind of heal back up and then I'll, I'll tackle a few more chapters. And so then I read some other books. And, um, so that's something for other folks to, to consider too. It's Absolutely. okay to juggle books. Yeah. And, I've usually got three or four going at once. Um, there's always one for the show that I'm reading. Okay. And then I've yes. got others I'm reading more for pleasure. Uh, not that the ones I read for the show aren't for pleasure, but, um, I've got, you know, books I'm reading on, again, things I want to learn more about that, you know, public speaking, whatever, right now. You know, I'm reading a book right now called Do You Talk Funny? Oh, wow. About implementing humor into your, your, your talks. Okay. Uh, one called How to Take Smart Notes. That's just to get better at, you know, taking notes on all the books I'm reading. So, yeah, I'll dip my toe in the water for the books. But uh, those books take longer to read because I'm reading, you know, a chapter this week and then two weeks later another chapter, like you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, and you reread books, too. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, I don't do that a lot. Uh, but there are certain books, uh, and they're the ones with all the markings and the little colored tabs on the edges and the dog-eared pages. And um, I, uh, I, it's one of the reasons I like physical books. Um, I'll make uh, sometimes an index in the front of the book as I'm reading. I'll use there's always a blank two-sided page in the front of a of a, a book. And as I'm reading, I'll go back to the front and note something that I want to remember and the page number. And so when I go back to that book. I can go right to that index in the front for the things that, that I found important and easily find those things again. So that's that's a tool I like to use. But, yeah, uh, many books for me are resources that include things that I'm going to use now uh, or I find out you know, a year from now, oh, I'm now facing that issue that that book talked about that I wasn't facing. That t- Let me go back to that and reread that, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. And then you've mentioned... I'm just giving away the whole book. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, you even mentioned like having a library and what to put in the library is not just books that you're reading, have read, but even books you may never even touch. Uh, what, what is the benefit of like grabbing? Cause I've got that. I've got like, if I look at the books I have right now, uh, I'd say about half or a little more than half. I haven't even touched and my wife has noticed and I keep <laughs> adding a book all the time. And so it's kind of cool to have a Kindle because then there's a whole bunch of books she doesn't know I keep adding. Um, but why is it okay to have books that you'd never touch? <laughs> yeah. 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 For me, uh, I have a few of those. I, I probably have fewer than my co-author uh, Jesse does. That's, that's, that's something that he definitely practices. Uh, but there are books that um, sometimes I buy because at the time I'm like, oh, that's, that's something I'm going to need. I don't need that now. But if I don't buy that now, I'm going to forget about yeah. it. Yes. And, and, I, and I make the, and, and books are so cheap. I mean, you know, 20 bucks or 15 bucks, whatever. And so, um, and I prefer physical copies when I can. And so, even though the library is busting at the seams. Um, but yeah, I'll get that. I'll set it aside. And I know oftentimes that it's not something I need right now. It may not be something I ever need. But when the time comes and I do need it, I, I want to know I can go to it instantly and 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 just dive right into it right then right there and two i just um there's just something about certain books um i i i love ryan holiday's work i probably own seven of his books i've read one of them i own seven i know i'm going to get to those others eventually and i want to i also want to support ryan you know because i think he does he does great work 
So uh, you know, ego is the enemy, obstacle is the way, uh, daily stoic, uh, you know, th- those types of books, perennial seller are some of the books he's written. Um, and some of them I may never read, but I just like having Ryan Holiday on my shelf. And I, I can't really explain it any better than that. Yeah. I, and when you have visitors, they might notice, like, hey, you've yes. got this guy's books. No way. And then that yeah. sparks a conversation. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. That yes. kind of reminds me, um, one thing I did and I still do, uh, and I don't know if you did this as well, is when I was in my supervisor's office and when I am in my supervisor's office uh, and my boss listens to this show so he knows I do this when I'm in his office, I'll look at what's on his bookshelf. And in my previous job, I looked at what was on her bookshelf and, and so on uh, because there would be a book there I've never seen and I'll I'll just make a note, get a copy of that and read it. And then I'll realize she says this all the time and then I'll read the whole book and <laughs> yeah. then I'm like, now we're on the same page. Yes. So I've seen it where reading and really copying what's on my boss's bookshelf uh, has improved the connection between myself and my boss. Like now we're on the same wavelength and uh, just the opportunities and the projects get bigger and bigger. Uh, I don't know if you've gone through something like that. Yes. Uh, uh, the leader I worked for who introduced me to Seth Godin and some other books, um, he uh, was a big fan of Jim Collins and Good to Great. Um, and, and he would always use this term called the curse of knowledge mm, yes. that I think comes from Good to Great. And that was the first time I'd ever heard that term and later would read Jim's book and like you, I'd realize where he, that term came from. Uh, but in radio, and I did a lot of writing of promo and, and, and commercial copy, and I was so close to it, I would often write and forget that some of the things I was writing, I didn't explain well enough for the listener who didn't have the knowledge I did to understand. And he was always challenging me. You've got the curse of knowledge. Remember, remember, you have the curse of knowledge. You've got to not dumb it down, but you've got to think other people don't know some of the things that you're privy to. So you need to write this in such a way that they'll understand. So that was very useful uh, to me. He would always say, uh, I don't know where this, uh, where this came from. Uh, It's universal really, but one of his favorite sayings uh, when we would get in a room and brainstorm and, and jump into tactics and forget strategy, he would always stop and say, what are we trying to accomplish? Um, another way of saying, you know, why are we here? Uh, what's the listener going to get out of this? Those types of questions. He was always great about going back to the, the beginning and, and, and saying, you know, let's like Stephen R. Covey uh, is famous for it, begin, let's begin with the end in mind, right? Where do we want to get to? What's our destination? Okay, now that we know that, we can work backwards from there. And uh, you know, Covey's book is a classic. So Military planning is the same way. Yes. Yeah. So they yes. probably studied Covey. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or vice versa. Or vice I don't versa, know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, you had a career in radio, and uh, now you've got this podcast, Read to Lead. And uh, that's been around for as long as I've been podcasting as well, which has helped me a lot. Oh, good. Um, so tell us more about Read to Lead, uh, the type of authors you have on there, and the the inspiration for the show. Like, what do you hope to change for people by having that show? Yeah, that's uh, a lot of questions right there. No, <laughs> but no, that's that's great. Um, yeah, it it came out of um, I, I had kicked around the idea of doing a podcast like from 2008 to 2013, just thinking, man, I'll do a podcast someday. But I had no idea what I would do a podcast about. And one day on my way home from my radio job that I would not have much longer after this. I was adding up the books I had read so far that year, and it was like 10 or 12 or something like that. And then I was like, we're like three months into the year. That's like a book a week. And I, had, I didn't realize I was reading it that speed or that, that often. And when I thought that out loud to myself, that's like a book a week, like this light bulb went off. I thought of podcasts, even though they, not all of them are. I thought of podcasts as weekly things because most of the ones I listened to were weekly, like my show. Um, and so that, that thought just sparked and maybe my podcast idea has been right under my nose. I'm reading a book a week anyway. I love it. How cool would it be to talk to the authors 
hey, free books. You know, all these things yes. went going to my mind. And I just started, <laughs> that was like in March, and I just started planning from there. So April, I did one thing. May, I got the equipment. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, April, I kind of did research. May, I got the equipment. June, I started scheduling interviews. In July, it launched. You know, and so it was all about my frustration with not having people around me to talk about the books I was reading, as, as many as I would like. Seeing so many people, and this is still the case in large part, who did not read, who did not understand the value of reading. Time is an issue, and more so today, that everybody wants everything really quick. And so I thought, you know, maybe this would sort of be an audio cliffs notes for some people. My hope is that they buy the book eventually, and the biggest complaint, I'm using ear quotes for that again, <laughs> that I get about my podcast is the money people spend on books. That's like music to my ears, right? And when they say that, they're being silly and funny, whatever. But, but um, yeah, to me, it was about making a book that might take, I don't know, six hours to read or something and presenting the key insights and main ideas in about 30 or 40 minutes and, and just make it more accessible for people. Sort of, a, you know, think of it as a, a summary. Uh, yeah, it's like Blinkist, but for free. Yeah, but for free. <laughs> to exactly. the listener, yes. Yes, exactly. So, so, so that was kind of the start of it. And, um, you know, it's been just over eight years now. Uh, and I didn't know that it would one day spawn a book. I used to have people ask me all the time, when are you going to write a book? And I would give some nonsensical you know, answer or non-answer because I, I you know, the thought of that commitment was really overwhelming to me. But <laughs> here we are eight years into it. Yeah. So. It's interesting when that book, um, well, it hasn't launched yet. Yes. It's coming. Yeah. And so when I saw it, I was like, that's, that's brilliant because I do leadership development in my day job as well. And there are leaders or people in leadership positions who don't read on a regular basis. And this is a great way to get that inspiration going. Like, here's why you do want to read. Not because Jerry's saying so at the front of that classroom or on that Zoom call, but here's the benefit. Here's what this author has gone through. Here's what you could go through. Here's what all these other leaders who do read are going through. Uh, now, here's some practical ways because we're about to assign you a book to read <laughs> to, to keep this going after this course is done. Uh, so I, I even see this as a great way for leadership coaches to inspire their coaches, this is why you want to get into reading. You know, I'm just leave that there, and you give it a shot. It's yeah. it's a good read. It'll inspire you, equip you, uh, have at it, and, and then go from there. Well, that's certainly a part of the the, of the goal, the hope. Um, it's written uh, to appeal to really two people, and you've mentioned both of them. One is that that individual uh, who's looking to to develop that habit, you know, personally and professionally, and recognizes that they need to, and they just haven't been able to do it. But also for that leader, that CEO, that president, that manager who wants to get caught reading it, like I mentioned earlier, yes. and, and uh, sort of suggest it, recommend it as, as time permits to their team or even purchase copies for their yeah. – <laughs> I'm here talking about my book. I may as well mention that. You know, some might even uh, want to get it for their team and say, guys, here's a habit that's helped me. I think it will help you too. Um, and so, yeah, my hope is that both of those factions will see value in it. Nice. Nice. Uh, now, if folks want to listen to your show, uh, yes. where can they go to tune into that? Yeah, for the show, uh, readtoleadpodcast.com. It's kind of a long URL, but readtolead.com was taken. Uh, so readtoleadpodcast.com for the, for the show. Yeah. Nice. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial 
and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. And then you also have it on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and all the different players there as well. And I'll have the link in the show notes to your your, your website. And then to purchase the book, there are a couple of places where they can pre-purchase between now and August 31st, 2021. So if you're listening to this after August 31st, 2021, still go to these places and buy your copy. <laughs> yeah, yes. uh, and then one of them is offering a, is it a 40% discount? That's right. Yeah. If you go to readtoleadbook.com, um, up until August 31st, you can get 40% off. Uh, the, the site presents like six different vendors. If you choose Baker Bookhouse as your vendor, which is our publisher, and it says right underneath their name, 40% off deal. So so you can get for, you choose one of the other vendors, you won't get that 40% off. That's up to you. But uh, choose uh, Baker, you get 40% off. And regardless of which vendor you choose, you get uh, almost instant access, like within a few minutes. You get an email. With links to $500 in resources, free. Uh, a mini course that Jesse, my co-author, and I have created, four-module course. He does too. I do too. That help you put into uh, practice concepts from the book. You get the audiobook for free. Uh, doing a podcast, I have everybody on the sun ask, are you going to do an audiobook? And I say, yes, but don't buy that right now. <laughs> if it's before August 31st, get the physical copy, pre-order it. And it's, with yeah. 40% off, it's like 11 bucks, right? It is, yeah. You're, you're going to get the audiobook for free. There's other digital resources. There's also a bonus chapter that I wrote that didn't get done in time to make it into the book that only the people who pre-order are ever going to see or read. Um, that's called Growing the Best Version of You. Um, and also, when you go that Baker Bookhouse route, you get an autographed book plate to go in the book as well. So, readtoleadbook.com. And if it's you know after August 31st, if you, if you go there, you still can. If you want to kick the tires, you can get the introduction and the first chapter for free. Just put in your name and email address again, readtoleadbook.com. Nice. Nice. Now, I did the Amazon copy so I can have that verified purchaser yes. stamp when I do my review. Yes, yes. Uh, but I'm going to go back to the Baker um, publisher one and, and get that. Because, uh, well, one, it's on sale, and I can give one of the copies away sure, to somebody. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that one's the autograph copy, all the bonus pieces. Oh, yeah, I'm going back. Awesome. Uh, now, one final piece of wisdom for our listeners who are also going to be readers after they listen to this. Oh, what? Just oh, like what's like, off the top of my head kind yes. of thing. Okay, yeah, final piece of wisdom. Mm. One thing that you probably haven't had a chance to share yet that you're just like, oh, yeah. do this, guys. Yeah, well, I have discovered, and this has come from my reading, I used to think um, that, um, that I was always going to uh, do a certain thing, do a certain job, do a, you know, live a certain lifestyle. Um, and nothing wrong with working a regular job, by the way. I don't mean to suggest otherwise. Um, but part of my life plan or part of my desire was always to do something on my own. But what held me back is my limiting beliefs and thinking that, well, I, I can't make a living on what comes out of my head and expect to make more than someone else is going to pay me to do a job. And it was the books I read that brought me out of that mindset and gave me the courage to step out even before I felt I was ready um, and, and do that anyway. Um, now, it's, you know, it's not without its ups and downs. You know, it's been eight years, but I'm much prefer my life now and and can actually make more income now on my own than I ever did with somebody else. And so regardless of where you're at, if that's something that, that you desire to to pursue or if it's some other thing, um, the books you read are going to open your horizons. They're going to um, push you to do things that, um, that maybe you never thought you'd have the courage 
uh, to do. Um, I think it's important to lean into those uncomfortable things to, to get comfortable with discomfort. I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt who said, do one thing every day that scares you. Right. And I, I think if more people live their life that way, more of us would be doing and living our dreams than, than are currently. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Jeff, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to staying in touch. I look forward to plugging this book as soon as possible. And, uh, thanks to Jennifer Urin from this mom knows who let me borrow her tripod. So we, we can get video clips of this as well. Uh, great. Thank you so much. I appreciate being here. Now let's talk about some of the takeaways I got from this episode. And maybe you got some of the same takeaways that the first one is that your business or your career can be propelled forward just through reading alone. It gives you access to mentors that just you can't seem to connect with. Well, they've given their, their wisdom, their insights through books. And if you just buy their book, you essentially are getting coached and mentored by them. You're getting some insights you just normally wouldn't get. The second takeaway was uh, we get the desire to read educated out of us while we're in school. You know, it's kind of assigned to us. Topics aren't really relevant for what we're interested in. But if you shift gears and let your interests guide what you read, you won't be bored when you read. Another takeaway is um, if you're a leader or if you're not a leader, start a book club at work. You know, let your company pour into you and your growth by supporting your reading habit. Now, if you're a leader, go the next mile or the next step and have somebody in your team lead the reading group. So now you're teaching leadership skills, coordination, communication with your team members and helping them become the next generation of leader in your company. Another takeaway is take a look at what's on your boss's shelf. If you want to connect more with your boss, connect with the vision of the organization and be kind of in tune with where your leader is taking that team, see what's on that shelf. Because chances are the books on that shelf have influenced your leader to lead the way that your leader leads today and influence your leader on where the company is going. So take a look at your boss's shelf from time to time. So those are just some of the takeaways I got from this episode, this conversation with Jeff. Email me, info at beyondtherut.com. Let me know what were some of the takeaways you got. Or just jump on social media and just tell me, hey, I just listened to this episode. Here's a takeaway I got from that interview. So I'd love to hear from you. Now, I want to thank you for joining us this week. And the best way you can pay this show back is really to pay it forward. So wherever you're listening to this show, there is a share button. Go ahead and hit that share button and send this to one person right now you know would enjoy the conversation I just had. Now, another thank you um, that I have for you. So that is how you can help repay this show is by paying us forward. Another thing I like to do for you is I created a top 10 books to boost your career list. Just go to beyondtherut.com slash 269. There, you'll see a button that says download a free copy of the top 10 books to boost your career. And you'll see 10 titles that have helped me improve my own career over the last decade. Now, it's an, it's not an exhaustive list. There are many more books that I've read, but those are the top 10 that came to mind that I still apply to this day. Now, that's all I've got for this week. Uh, again, the show notes are at beyondtherut.com slash 269. And there you'll find not only the freebie uh, top 10 books to boost your career, uh, you'll also be able to find links to Jeff's uh, book, Read to Lead. And I'll have the link that'll take you to where you can purchase that book from multiple different platforms. Also, 
I'll include Jeff's top picks that were mentioned in this episode, like The Hobbit and uh, The Purple Cow and so on. Now, I'm glad you joined me this week, and I'm looking forward to joining again with you next week. But until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.